Genius Brain listeners. This podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it. it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire-ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their if – you, if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do. Dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like – if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to hero.co and use code genius10 at checkout. That's G-E-N-I-U-S one zero at hero.co. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I feel like sometimes with me, if I'm looking at, looking at, looking at myself when I was younger, which I feel like this is a very naive um, perception that I had was, Whenever I did something like that, right, to hurt somebody that would try to hurt me or bully me, right? Yeah. It was to make sure that they learned a lesson so they wouldn't they do it, do it again. again. Yeah. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I'm your host, David. So how is everybody doing today? Good blessings on a Sunday. This is your church for you non-believers out there. Yeah. What's up? Uh, I don't know. Um <laughs> We were talking about this thing on the previous podcast, which I was so curious about, which was like the the, the Chinese rating system. Mm. We so I've heard about this a while back, right? But I never looked up what gives you a good or bad score in the rating system, and I just kind of browsed over it right now. Yeah, and they said one of the things is bad driving <laughs> <laughs> and, and like debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like, dude, that's all Asian people. Like, yeah. what the how are you going to rate me then? Because I'm, I'm saying this right now. You know, like when that when that stereotype was huge, it's like, oh, Asian people can't drive. Well, you know, for me, it's not a stereotype. I, I'm a terrible driver. <laughs> like my credit score would be so fucking bad. I Gosh. can't t- – like most people can multitask. Right. So when they're driving, they could, you know, receive a text here and there, do all this other stuff. Can't do it. Like if I'm driving, most likely I'm not touching my phone unless yeah. it's like hung up somewhere and I'll do a quick video, but I'll just hit record and I'll just stare off this way. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can't. I can't look at something when I'm driving. It fucks me up. Yeah, I have pretty bad. Uh, what, what, do, what do you call that? Focus, ADHD, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you, I also hyper focus. I think after like, uh, I, I don't know what something clicked in me when I turned thirty. Something where I I became way more tuned to watching the road. I think the idea of like the statistics of how many people actually die on the road. Mm-mm-mm. Where I was like, oh shit, it's fucking dangerous out there like i should be more attentive to this like something when i turn 30 uh you i mean just it's, get it's, older 
Well, my dad always said too, is like, you know, you're driving a, a something, you're, you're literally driving something that could kill people. Yeah. It's a missile. It's a fucking missile, dude. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty fucking gnarly, especially when I, I remember I used to say this phrase until this actually happened. And look, don't fucking judge me. I was really young. But every time there would be traffic somewhere, like in LA, I, I used to get pissed. And I'm like, dude, somebody better be fucking dead on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would drive by and then somebody died. I'm like, I will never say this again. And I feel terrible. Oh, shit. Dude. I, I forgot to say this part on the last podcast about our on on the way to Palm Springs. So, uh, last time I talked about, we were trying to get to Palm Springs Airport. To, it was the only airport going to Seattle out of Southern California. And on the way there, there was fucking traffic, right? What could be worse? But thank God we left like five hours early. And then we got to this point where there's this one car pulled over. Um, and there was literally a body like wrapped in a carpet. Ugh. It was wrapped in a, not even like a blanket. It was like rolled up carpet with feet sticking out. Like it was white. And then the guy in the car looked super distraught. It looked like he was calling 911. And Dan and I saw that like, oh my fucking, that might've been my first dead body I've seen. It was literally, yeah, a couple days before Christmas. I saw, so when I was doing this walk in in South Pass, I was looking at, and I was walking across the overpath. Uh, overpath, overpass, yeah. overpass, and there was a motorcycle that got hit. Mm. It was dead, and Eey. you could see it. Like we're watching the whole thing happen, and then you see them wrap up the body and stuff. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, no, I'm sorry, the body wasn't wrapped at that point. They were trying to resuscitate the guy. Oh yeah, and the guy was fairly large, overweight dude. Yeah. He was like on a Harley, and they were just compressing his chest, trying to get him back alive, but he was dead. Dude, speaking of like CPR, uh, NFL a couple weeks ago. Damar Hamlin, dude was. Did you you heard about this? This is the guy who was the Bills. Stocked? Yeah, um, it was Bills versus Bengals. Um, uh, someone with the ball ran with the Bengals and then dropped his shoulder because he was about to get tackled. Damar Hamlin has his arms like this, about to wrap him for the tackle. Guy drops his shoulder and goes directly into his chest, right, and then boom, and they both fall, right. And so Damar Hamlin gets up. And then he kind of wobbles and fucking just collapses backwards. Blip. Blip, yeah. And then people are like, oh, shit. And they called in and the trainers ran out. And then the video is so fucking crazy because they're asking the Bills players to form circles to hide it from, you know, fucking 80,000 people watching and then the millions at home. And I guess they were doing CPR on him on the field because his heart stopped. From the impact, right? right? Yeah. And um, it was, it's so fucking wild. They did it for nine minutes and then he, they fucking brought him back to life. Crazy. So crazy. Dude. So the what happened apparently is like this rare event that they a lot of pediatricians know about, right? Because millions of kids across America play sports. And there's a thing that happens like when they get hit in the chest, like with a baseball or playing football, like there's a millisecond a perfect millisecond with to the tune of your heartbeat, right? It's like a blip and then the big blip and mm-hmm. then a smaller one, right? If it hits that last one right on time, it will fuck up your heart uh, pumping system. It basically, it doesn't go boom, boom. It goes blah, 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 right? So your blood's not pumping. It's just going back and forth. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's what happened to him. That's, so his brain didn't get oxygen because the blood's not flowing and he passed out. Then his heart was just stopped, right? And when I heard about that condition, it made me think about my friend back in ninth grade. I told you about my friend Sean. That's what happened to him at a Taekwondo tournament. He got kicked in the chest. Then he walked off and then he just fell. Fell. And then, like, yeah, he was in, like, yeah, the ER. And, like, it was, like, just like Tamar Hamlin, except he didn't make it, yeah. you know, out of the hospital. And I was, like, wow. Like, it brought some kind of closure because of how long we were, like, how? How, could how did that happen? happen? Yeah. And then now I'm, like, okay, yeah. When that explanation came about, I mean, it gave a lot of flood of memories about him again. Yeah. But also that, yeah, this was... Yeah, just a, I, I'm not going to call it a freak accident, like, because this is a thing that could happen. It was just that timing yeah. of it was just so deadly. Yeah. It's such yeah. a, when I saw that, <laughs> during this time, the the same thing that happened, or not the same thing, but the event that happened at simultaneously was Dana White slapping the shit out of his mm. wife. 
And so, right. So Holy shit. Dana New White, Year's Eve or New Year's was like all this crazy news. Dude, Dana White kind of got lucky because his news of him slapping his wife yeah. got buried under that news. Yeah. And it was, people were talking about this too. And I, you know, we had this on a previous podcast, but they were talking about like, I, we wonder if Dana White did that as promotion for the new slap for the league. new slap league, dude. Such trash, yeah. dude. That's a trash. So people play. are kind of like second guessing it. They're, yeah, they're saying, "Oh, I don't think he actually actually hit each other. They yeah. just kind of staged it." Because how fortunate is that somebody actually recorded this and put it up? Put it up. I mean, the timing of it is is like insane. Like he's like the way he, Dana White explained himself is like there's no good timing or bad timing. You know, this shit just happened. Yeah. Right. And so, but he has to continue with his life. And part of his life is this slap leak. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. I understand the irony, but I'm going to keep going at it. I, so you see UFC Instagram, they keep posting that slap shit. Right? It's on my YouTube all yeah. over the place. The comments are like, this is trash. We don't want this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then the other comments is Dana versus Ann White. That's two. super funny. Dana versus Ann White 2. <laughs> that- Damn. People were so back and forth about whether it was like justified or not. And it was always the second slap yeah. that kind of put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, for him. yeah, yeah. Because at first it was like, okay, it was self-defense or it was like a knee-jerk reaction to him being slapped. Yeah. And he didn't go any further. It was slap for slap. They're good. They talked about it. Fine. But it was a slap. And then I was like, oh, he's winding up for another one. Mm. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And then no. the takedown. Yeah, but we talked about how on the internet everybody is now saying – you know, if a girl puts their hands on you, it's per- you could do whatever you want, which it's I just I can't dangerous. I man. just can't agree with that only yeah. because okay, so we've had this conversation too, like specifically when you talk about combat sports, right? With with the Fallon Fox situation. So if you guys don't know who Fallon Fox is, Fallon Fox is a transgendered uh, woman. Is woman, the, yeah, yeah transgender woman, right? Yeah, um, who didn't disclose that uh, she used to be a man. And she was cracking women's skulls. Beating the shit out of them. Man. Beating the shit out of them. There was a time that she lost. But, you know, if you look at that fight, it's, it's because Fallon Fox was not a good fighter. But mm-hmm. as a woman. She dominated. Dominated the fuck out of people. Yeah. And then she met another woman who was her size. But skill-wise, ten times better. Mm-hmm. So the skills had her win the fight. Yeah. But the issue behind that was so the reason why you – I don't understand the argument of well, if a woman hits you, it's all it's a free for all. Is because those same people or just people in general will say, well, when you talk about transgender sports, you don't want that because they have such a strong advantage in the, in, the, in the combat or strength. Yeah, just bone density, everything else, right? Testosterone. So in my in my opinion, um, that I feel is like, well, how would that make sense over here then, right? If you know yeah. for a fact that you could destroy this woman at any cost, right? You're twice the size of this girl, and she puts her hands on you. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be consequences, right? Like, yeah, her doing that led to this happening. I understand that. If you're asking me if I would do that, I probably wouldn't. I would just walk away yeah. or run away. Yeah. Because at this point, what's what's the point? She's going to walk around and tell people, oh, I beat up David. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right? <laughs> like, cool fucking story. Like, I, don't, I just don't find the purpose in doing that. Right. Unless your life is in danger. Yeah, it doesn't serve – it doesn't even serve your ego Yeah. to have to beat up a woman. I don't know how that makes you feel better. That's what I'm saying, like why it's so dangerous. Because I feel like there is a there is a, a handful of men out there who think that way. I feel like what they're really thinking in the back of their head is I can't wait for a woman to put their hands on me so I can ju- be justified in beating the shit out of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I hear. That's what gets you fucking horny guy? Yeah. But I saw this video, um, which, you know, I listen, I watch a lot of fight videos. It's, it's, like, it's like my... It's, oh, yeah. It's my street shit. fight stuff on Reddit. Too. Well, there was this guy. I don't know what the context of this video clip is, right? But this this white woman walks out. It was a it's another, it's another uh, like black American dude. It's a white American girl. She comes out and she goes, you fucking hit my friend. And he goes, what? And he fucking decks her, dude. Oh. And in the comments below, they're like stupid, you know, play stupid games and win stupid prizes. But I'm like, wait, how is that justified yeah. at all? And they go, well, you see, when she came up, she confronted him. She should have known that she was going to get socked. Listen, I understand that you have to be responsible for your actions. But th- to say that that was a justified reaction to somebody saying, you hit my friend mm-hmm. and then you get knocked out, mm-hmm. it's a very odd thing. And they're like, well, you know, women want equal rights. And I'm like, I don't know if that's what we're talking about. Yeah, the, I've, I've heard <laughs> that, right? They call about. it equal rights and equal lefts. Yeah. I've seen that comment. Yeah. Wow. As hilariously heinous it is. It's like I just don't stand 
with it, you know? Well, what does it do? What is the end goal? Yeah. It's like if unless your life is in danger. Honestly. Yeah, unless your life is in danger, if the person's like swinging at you and then you shove them and then you get them out the way, you hold them down. Or let let's even say like I don't know. If they're swinging at you full force and you don't know what to do and you clock them, I I like I understand yeah. to a certain extent. It's like yeah. a natural reaction, right? Because I have seen people be in those situations where these girls are swinging at them and they've shoved them to the floor and the girl acts like a victim. I've seen that at clubs. I've seen that at bars. Like, yeah, my God, he fucking hit me. I'm like, well, you were swinging yeah, on the guy and he yeah. shoved you away yeah. and you fell. I've so, been on the other end of that, man. That's right. You got fucking, socked I up got too. socked up by, you know, an ex in front of my favorite bar in front of all my friends, you know? And all that shit. There was not a thought in me like, ooh. Now's, Now's my, my time. time. Let's fucking knuckle up. Let's go. Like, no. You going to jail? Now? Yeah. Boom. I mean, honestly, it was just like, stop. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and I've, I've been with somebody who's who swung at me, and that was a very tail sign of like, I mean, this is a weird conversation to have, but I'm, I'm, I wonder if like other people have felt this too, where you can be with somebody who sometimes puts you puts you in a situation that you don't want to be in and makes you into a person that you would never thought you would be. Yeah. And there are people, whether it's guy or girl, that will bring this terrible side out of you, right? Yeah. That you never even knew existed. So the one time I was with somebody that swung at me and they weren't trying to swing at me in a, you know, like a cutesy fun way. They missed me and they hit my arm. And I had like a little, tiny little bruise. Uh -huh. But I remember I stopped and I looked at her and I was like, hey, so... Either you gotta leave or I gotta leave. And they just didn't, they're like, well, what's the problem, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're scared, like, blah, blah, like a little girl hit you. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm so fucking mad right now. I looked at you like you were a man, mm. you know? Cause you, like, it was defense mechanism. Yeah. So the, the, I looked at you like you were a guy for a split second, which means that if I look at you like a guy and you try to sock me in my fucking mouth, I actually thought about hitting you. Yeah. And it made me feel terrible mm. so i left yeah and i'm yeah, like yeah. i gotta get out of here so once again for personal experience like i didn't get socked and then i'm almost like okay guess what time to <laughs> let's yeah. fucking go yeah i was like oh you're turning me into a bad person i gotta leave and eventually it was the conversation of like listen being with you makes me into the worst version of myself yeah. the idea that i saw you as a as another male attacking me for one split second for like half a second scares me i guess it'd be like you had self-control. Yeah. That's why I see, like, if, if you're a bigger dude and, like, this, uh, a smaller woman, like, hits you and you, like, fucking blast her to the moon, you know, like, what, how does, how do you feel fulfilled in that? How do you feel justified? How do you feel, like, a good thing happened at all? I feel like sometimes with me, if I'm looking at, looking at, looking at myself when I was younger, which I feel like this is a very naive um, perception that I had was whenever I did something like that, right, to hurt somebody that would try to hurt me or bully me, right? Yeah. It was to make sure that they learned a lesson so they wouldn't, they do, wouldn't it do it again. again. Yeah. Right? Which I don't know if that ever worked. Yeah. Right. It Maybe probably invited them to, yeah, to come into, yeah. And I feel like for a girl that would do that or a guy, um, they're not gonna learn from that lesson. They're just gonna do it again. And yeah. you would think that they would make somebody think twice, but people who have terrible, terrible, toxic habits, that never teaches them shit. They'll yeah. just do it again and try to get it a, like a one up again. It's like, oh, I lost this fight. I'm gonna try it again next time. Yikes. You know? Yikes. So, yeah, I mean, like, if it, it seems like just like a very primitive, savage idea of thinking, it's just like we are in a place where you can just sit and think, especially knowing like you are not in immediate danger. I mean, obviously you're, you're getting hit by, by somebody, but then understanding that it, unless you're literally getting clocked out and you're in fear for your life, like, yeah, yeah there's so many things, other options to do. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You, you just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it's so freaking good. You could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. I mean, they even have burger breads, right? So if you want to make a, a fire-ass burger, they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as I do, dude, money. It's so freaking good. It's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like if I'm going to make a wrap or I'm going to do any type of sandwich of any sort, I'm going to use Hero Bread because I get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite. So genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to Hero dot co and use code genius 10 at checkout that's g-e-n-i-u-s one zero at hero dot co hey all it's david so and if you want to listen to genius brain without ads now you can just go to geniusbrain.supercast.com or click the link in the episode description and you can get a one-week preview of the ad-free version for free you'll get ad-free listening to the show you can listen on almost any podcasting app and you'll be supporting my show Two. That's geniusbrain.supercast.com. Thanks. Because yeah. it's not like some, I mean, is it your ego and pride? Like somebody's going to come up to you and say, hey, dude, I saw you fucking run away from that little girl. All right. It's like, then that guy's a piece of shit. Exactly. You know, like not, you don't have to be. Like, yeah. why do you have to impress the guys that say, ooh, that girl hit you? Hit her back. Hit her back. Dude, one time in high school, this is a true story, I was uh, walking down the hall. And I was going to the bathroom in junior, not high, school, not high school, junior high. Yeah, I used to go to the school called James Rudder. And um, right next to my uh, geometry class was the uh, special ed class. Mm-hmm. And I was walking to the bathroom and I hear screaming. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I shit you fucking not. To me, it felt like time slowed down, right? Because I see this person screaming at me just with their hands up. And it was one of the special ed kids. And I remember in that split second moment, all I thought to myself was, okay, David, you're going to be known as the guy who either got beat up by a retarded kid. Yeah. Or you're going to be known as the guy that beat the shit out of a retarded kid. And I'm like, either situation, I fucking lose. You lose. So I just remember like, what the fuck should I do? Because this motherfucker was big, right? And all I could think about was, I'm going to look like an asshole. I just remember this. It's like a split. I mean, it's. No, that happens in, in those moments. Like that's a scientific thing where time slows down for people who have an adrenaline rush. Yeah. So yeah. like it felt like this mm-hmm. moment. And I'm like, okay, David, you're going to be known as the guy that punched the retarded kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, made the, I made the conscious decision. I just <laughs> I powered up. I'm like, here we go. One of the um, aides came up. Mentally challenged, that retarded. Yeah. Excuse me. Mentally, mentally. But know. this is what you said in junior high. In junior in, high. In the yes. early 2000s. So, the kid, so luckily one of the aides comes up and grabs him. Yeah. And I just remember this relief coming over me because I'm like, I'm going to be fucking branded for life. Oh, my God. This is the guy yeah. that just socked up a mentally challenged kid because I got so scared. Dude, in my art class in high school, like um, – there was, yeah, a mentally challenged kid, special ed kid um, who was there. I mean, it's, it's art class. And I guess a, a group of guys like at a table were telling him, hey, Ed called you retarded. He called you retarded. And I'm minding my own business in yeah. art class. Like I'm, I'm tracing slam dunk comic books, you know. <laughs> and then he comes up to me. He goes, hey, you call me retarded? And I was like, what? No. He goes, you 
and me. Three o'clock at the flagpole. Okay, I'll see you there. What the and fuck? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, what? No, I didn't. I didn't do that. And it's like, you and me, three o'clock. Oh, my God. And I didn't show up, obviously. I'm not trying to go to a fight. But I had to, like, see him later. Like, dude, I, I didn't do it. And then those fucking assholes were like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He called you it. I was like, no, man, you fu- kids, man. That's, Kids are evil. That's fucking crazy. Dude. Yeah. Joe, Joe told this story where uh, one time he was. Uh, <laughs> there's two. I, I have two funny stories about this. So Joe told a story where the same thing happened to him in class, where it was something along the lines of like somebody. There was a kid behind him that was like making Asian jokes and they go oh, like yeah. Chinese jokes and stuff. And so Ed turned around and he fucking socks this kid in the mouth. And the kid starts welling up in tears, and they, he runs out the classroom and goes into the special ed class. Oh no! And then Joe accidentally socked the special ed kid. Oh no! <laughs> I had a cousin too, where this was so fucking embarrassing. This cousin of mine, by the way, is literally the biggest fuck up ever, right? <laughs> And in our family, he's known as the fuck up. He's doing a lot better now, but better in the sense of it's good enough for him. Yeah. Everything else he does, he's so fucking obnoxious. But his girlfriend came crying to me once uh, tell, uh, <laughs> at the time. And she was so embarrassed. I was like, what happened? She was, well, because we went to the same community college at the time. Yeah. This fool, there was a person behind him that was just like screaming and making noises, right? And they were, they were in the commissary eating lunch. And this person's just like moaning super fucking loud. And he turns around in the morning. He goes, would you shut the fuck up? Turns around. It's a kid in a wheelchair that's mentally challenged. And he's just going. Oh, no. And he told this kid to shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. And so she he looks. He doesn't even apologize. He just grabs the books and walks out. And then his girlfriend. And she leaves her there. And she's crying. Like, she's so embarrassed. Oh my. This God. motherfucker is insane, dude. This yeah. is the same fucking guy who, and I, it's funny because we have uh, mutual friends and my mutual friends know him. Yeah. And he's done a lot of stupid shit in his life. And I guess he's like cleaning up. And when I tell him, like, oh, like, yeah, he's doing better now. Like, he's graduated. And every time I tell people that he went to college, people are like, who, what college accepted him? <laughs> Harvard community? <laughs> yeah. What, what fucking college accepted him? I'm like, I, I don't know, but he's graduated. He has a degree. And he, my friend told me this story. He goes, this guy was so fucking dumb. I remember t- going to community college with him. He would write the answers to the test on the top of his hat, oh the my bill. Oh, <laughs> Go like this. <laughs> and we obviously get caught. Like, what the fuck are you talking dude, about, dude? man. Like, Holy shit. There's certain people in your family that's so fucking embarrassing. Like, you just never want them to know yeah, yeah, that you're related. This was the guy that um, I told the story of the podcast where during um, – he he basically wrote down on, on a Facebook post that I – like, I'm terrible to him. Like, on Facebook. Mm. That mm. – Oh, that I'm like Mr. Hollywood Big Shot. Um, I'm like, is he the one that asked you to be his best man? No, no, no. This uh, is a okay, motherfucker. Okay. okay. This, <laughs> and so he writes this whole post about, oh, like I gave David money. Uh, I helped him out when he was super down and out. I'm like, you're so, poorer like, than me. Slept on my couch kind of stuff. This type of shit. And yeah. I'm like, I've never taken money from you because you're so poor. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about, dude? What is this delusion? Yeah. And so, you know, obviously people who don't know me, they're writing in the post like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, you know, he's a Mr. Holly, YouTube. Mr. Bitch. Hollywood. And then, <laughs> then there's other people on the bottom of the post who are my friends or mutual friends. Like, that doesn't sound like David. I was like, and they're like, you shouldn't be posting this stuff. Like, isn't he your cousin? Like, you just, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? So I start calling this fool up and I'm going off on him, right? And he's yeah. not picking up his fucking phone, which, which is making me more angry. Yeah. And then I call his mom, my aunt. And I'm like, tell your stupid ass fucking son to pick up his goddamn form or I'll fucking kill him, right? <laughs> she goes, what happened? And I was like, look what he put up on Facebook. And she sees it. She starts calling him. He doesn't pick up. And he <laughs> just fi- goes MIA. <laughs> yeah. Because he's scared now. Because yeah. I'm going to fuck this fool up. And he finally calls me back. He's crying, right? Like, oh, oh I'm, he goes, like, I'm just going through a bunch of stuff. I'm, I don't give a fuck what you're going through. Like, I'm your family, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? And why are you making shit up? And I got so fucking mad. And this is so funny because I, I yelled at him. I go, because we're having Christmas. The Thanksgiving's mm-hmm. coming up. And I'm like, Thanksgiving is at your house. Don't fucking come. <laughs> I told him he's not allowed to come to his own house. I was so fucking mad at him. Do people go through some weird shit, man? I mean, it's because it's um, main character syndrome. Mm-mm. Right? And if you're the main character, then you're obviously the good guy, right? 
then if that's the case, then nothing should be your fault. It's other people's problems. <laughs> and then people create enemies. People create their antagonists, their opposite, you know, their nemesis. Like, I get that too, like from people. I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't have any beef. They're like, we're not even in any competition or whatever. Like, what did I do to you? Yeah, yeah, Anything, yeah. Right? Like, I, <laughs> you know, random fucking DMs. There is a guy who, who, who like wrote this hate mail <laughs> on, on my posts. It was super random about me being a fake Christian and all that shit. I mean, I could have just said, I'm not even a Christian. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just kept ignoring him. So I was like, okay, what the fuck is up with this guy? And then I realized he messaged me like last year, like, oh, hey, Edward, I, um, I've been going through a lot of tough stuff through my faith. I hope I have a, a lot of questions to ask. If you can reach out to me, that would mean a lot, right? And I didn't reach out. And then so after that, it just changed to vitriol. Oh, no, that's happened to me a lot. Right. So when someone goes through a problem or something, yeah, like, and they're going through shit and you don't even know them, like, I have no connection to them or whatever, Somehow, like, in their loneliness, man, they create these enemies, and that's you. You become the target. Yeah. I don't know where that comes about, but it's just a lot of people who lack introspection. Dude, some people, like, specifically with this relative, I every time I think that this person is doing better, mm. they always show that you're still a piece of fucking shit, right? And, you know, it took me a lot of, like, analyzing with him, right? And I specifically believe with him, it's, like, the way his father used to talk to him, my uncle. Like, this was mm. the this was the uncle that literally would wake us up and call us retarded. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that's how he would. He was, good morning, retards. And I'm like, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> like, why would you talk? Was some lazy, you know, he yeah, do yeah, all yeah, this yeah, other yeah. shit. And Useless. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he has, like, middle child syndrome and everything else like that. But one of the habits that he picked up, I think because he was spoken to so poorly when he was younger, albeit a lot of it was deserved for him because he was a fucking idiot. Probably still is now. I don't know. Let's not say that. He's better. But he had this habit of, and I'm not sure if anybody else there knows people like this, where every conversation that you have with them, it's him trying to prove his worth. Mm. You know? Mm. So we can't have a normal conversation talking about our lives. It's almost like, hey, did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Yeah. I did this. I did that. Oh, I'm doing this. And I'm just like, nobody cares. And I remember his older brother one time just um, taking him aside and going, hey, you got to stop this. Like, I just want you to be happy. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, you keep talking about all these accolades about what you're going to do, what you are doing. Nobody cares. Like, yeah. take those successes and these wins that you have and just either keep it to yourself, share with people that, like, understand. Like, you don't need to do this every time we're together. Mm-hmm. And when he was going through a lot of financial troubles, like, when we would meet up, I got to remember his dad, like, was super sad because he bought him all these great Christmas gifts. And then he looked at his son and he was like, hey, I know you're not doing well. You you don't need to buy this stuff. Like, I don't care about these things. But he's always, like, vying for somebody's attention. Mm, and, and approval. He, approval because yeah. he doesn't have self-worth. Mm. And now that he's doing better, he's now projecting it in a negative way. Right. So, for example. He, he proved you guys all wrong. Exactly. That's what he did, yeah. And so, like, I, I, part of me wanted to, because somebody sent me this post. Everybody sends me these posts about him because there's a lot of people who dislike him. Yeah. Right? Because of how many times he has fucked up in, in poor faith, right, and has screwed up so many things with all the people that were really good to him that they they'll mess with me like, you see what this guy wrote and i'm like what did he write so he writes this post about how like oh i've graduated now i have this degree i'm successful people told me i shouldn't do it i was like nobody said that <laughs> nobody fucking said main that. character syndrome exactly nobody ever said that and then he starts posting how much he makes now on a public post, Damn. how much he makes and how much he wouldn't have made if he didn't have this degree, all this other stuff. Like, more of the story is when people don't believe in you, believe in yourself. You need a private journal, bro. Yeah. Right? yeah. Nobody said that. Yeah. Literally, no. And the people are like laughing. They're like, mm-hmm. okay. And you have, you know, people write, like, yo, you're my hero. Like, I, you know, it's these people who are also idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then everybody else who really knows him, they go, oh. And he wrote this post that I think the part of the post that upset me the most, he goes, when people don't believe in you, they say you can't do it. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's write how it really was. You have fucked over everybody who was kind to you, who yeah. was important to you, who have showed you and give, showed you great, like, grace and love and you have screwed these people so much that they stop caring because you hurt them so much. That's the honesty. So the post should have been, hey, I fucked up now. Let me prove to you that I'm a better person. Mm. Instead, it's nobody believed in me. And now look at me, I'm successful. 
instead of the fact that you fucked up so bad, you stepped on everybody along the way, and then finally you became so after you burned all your bridges. It's a narcissist's affirmation. That's what it is. I mean, I am just now listening to this. I just finished a podcast. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill mm-hmm. um, because I was uh, somewhat vicariously involved because I was like deep into their ministry, mm-hmm. like what well, their podcast and stuff. And um, that pastor there, like he has massive narcissistic personality disorder, but he's a pastor, you know, and for all the fuck ups he'd done as a Christian, like repentance is a daily thing. This guy, like, refuses to repent for the abuses he does. Is this the guy that things? he looks, he's like the pastor that looks super cool and he has like his dick no, root showing? No, 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 that's the Hillsong guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy is anti Pastor that. dick root is what yeah. I call <laughs> This guy's name is like Mark Driscoll or whatever, but I know all about that like because there's a thing a lot of pastors do, like especially narcissistic ones, they have this origin story. You have to create an origin story of where you came from. And your origin story is a lot better if you didn't have help. Your origin story is much better if you were down and out and nobody believed in mm. you, you know? So, like, um, his story would change over and over again. Like, oh, I used to be a youth pastor at a mega church, didn't like the mega church system, so I started my own. Then he's like, I was never part of ministry. I never went to church and never went to seminary, but I just felt like God called me to start a church. Great origin story. Then it just changes. Like, yeah, we started from nothing to this, nothing to this. That's a narcissistic affirmation. Tom, you see that a lot. So that's great that there's a terminology for this because we we talked about this a lot. You yeah. know, where you know we knew somebody who, you know, she had a habit of doing this. Like if if there was something that somebody went through, they're like, oh, you, I went through that too. It's like, did you really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't even I can't even have my own trauma. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like I can't even have that. Yeah, it's like, oh, my dad died. It's like, yeah, well, both my dads are dead. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of shit, you know? it's like the weirdest. Huh? Dude, Joe told this funny story too, where um, there was somebody that we knew where he's he's a little odd, right? The very talented person, but there was a, a time where they had like this powwow. Yeah, and I know this person too, where you just kind of let them talk about their delusions because. <laughs> until they expose themselves. Yeah. Just, you go, uh-huh. Yeah. And then what? And, and then, then what? what? And we just keep yeah. doing it. So his stories would get crazier and crazier yeah. and crazier. <laughs> so Bart and, Bart and Joe would tell their personal stories, right? And this like mutual friend of ours where, you know, Bart and Joe have been through a lot of shit. Yeah. I mean, especially, specifically, you know, this area that they grew up in during that time was not very good. Mm-hmm. And so he would tell, they would tell their stories, right? And then this motherfucker who is clearly a dweeb not that's not a problem <laughs> yeah but you know me being a dweeb myself like i only i can only regale a majority of my gangster stories are not my personal experiences like yeah. what i saw around me growing up yeah right it's not me going out with a gun shooting people or whatever because that's honestly what it yeah. was you don't have to insert yourself in these stories and say yeah. that was you and like i was the one with the gun <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could just tell the story like how it was told to you or yeah. what you saw yeah but Bart and Joe are really good storytellers and they would tell stuff. I'm like, oh shit, that's pretty fucking nuts. And all of a sudden you hear this one motherfucker on the side trip. It's like, yeah, I went through that stuff too. And it's like, (laughs) that happened to me once. (laughs) Yeah. And so specifically a story that he told out of fucking nowhere, he was telling the story about how he got into a fight trying to protect this girl. And I'm like, okay, Uh. this kid has never been to a fight in his life. Right. (laughs) And that's a good thing. It's not a great thing to fight people, right? Yeah. Like it's, if it's, especially when it's not necessary. Yeah. And so Bart and Joe are telling these like very interesting stories. And he goes, yeah, I remember when I had to protect this girl that I really loved. And then <sighs> like I have my – this is when I first realized I had, I had two different sides to me, right? Oh, and he said – let's say it was like there's Bill and then there's Bob, right? <laughs> And they're like, oh, okay. and at this point, we're just like, yeah, what else? What else? It's like, yeah, so when Bob gets out, it's crazy, right? And he said that he woke, he, he went to this guy's house, and the next thing you know, he woke up and there was blood everywhere. Oh my God. Bro. Getting vicarious, ah, like, like cringe right now. And everybody Ooh. in this room is, is just like, hot. what the fuck are you talking about besides one person? And I remember because Joe doesn't really. He's not going to listen to this shit, right? And he's just like, dude, stop fucking lying. This is so awkward, right? And then, you know, his, like, to somebody at the time in this group was just like, oh, why why are you so mean to him, right? Like, don't be so mean. Like, this story could be true. But obviously, after they spent more time with him, like, okay, this guy's a fucking nutbag. Yeah. Right? But 
that was like, could you imagine having to sit there and listen to this ridiculously heinous story, right? Yeah. Like, I understand there are certain stories that seem so unbelievable, that, but there's like still like a modicum of truth that makes you latch onto it. Yeah. But this idea that you created this split personality and then you woke up, there was blood everywhere. You had a bat next to you. And I'm like, where else is this story going to go? Yeah. And this guy, by the way, like if you shoved him in his chest, his fucking, it would collapse. It's just concave. It would just collapse, <laughs> right? And I've seen him in like weird, tough situations where he just freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Like I've literally seen this guy cry in front of me over bullshit. So I'm like, okay. Why do you do this? And this is like one story out of many, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Why are you this pathological liar? He, he, like, for example, like I remember I would tell people, like I took Taekwondo when I was a kid, so my kicks were pretty good. And I remember, like I showed somebody this clip and the people didn't believe me. I was like, no, I was pretty fucking good at it. Yeah. And then at like 300 pounds, I was doing spinning heel kicks. <laughs> I actually have videos of it. And they're yeah. like, oh shit. I was like, yeah, I told you I was, I could do this. Yeah, yeah. And so this guy chimes in. He goes, oh, I was like a Taekwondo black belt too, which Taekwondo black belts at the time, everybody was getting them. But the specific one that I got was from a guy from Korea and he was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like you were not getting a black belt at all. So I only got up to a red belt stripe. Yeah. Right? I didn't have a black belt. Um, but when we would go to these competitions, we would fucking wipe the floor with everybody because of how severe the yeah. training was. Yeah. And so, you know, wanted this kid to show us his stuff. And I'm like, you have never, ever kicked before. <laughs> like a hundred percent you have not. You maybe have maybe taken a couple of classes, but you could tell when somebody has done kicks, yeah. right? Because like, Taekwondo is all kicks. Mm -hmm. We had no punches besides like the Pumses. Mm. And so I, watching him do this, I'm like, Doc, you even lied about this. Like why, why yeah. do you lie about these things, man? What is the point? But this person can't stop doing it though. Like they have to. Why do they have to make up their experiences, right? Why yeah. can't you just go out there and experience it? <laughs> yeah, or like if you heard the story from somebody else, just tell the story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like for me in this podcast, I always have to change things because... For anonymity. Anonymity, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of like things I have to switch out, right? Because I, early on in this, uh, when I was doing like YouTube, you know, people felt a certain way because I'm from a small town. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll change up like 30% of the story. This guy named Daryl Kim. Yeah. Look him up. Because <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, But then, yeah. you know, you mature, you start being a little more empathetic and I'm right. like, okay, I don't have to say the name and I could switch like certain details up. Even to the point where there would be like stories where someone comes up, oh, are you talking about me? I'm like, no, it wasn't about you. I was like, did you go through that? Like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, oh shit. You're oh, you shit your pants too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you meet these people and it, it's it's very odd. Mm. Like, I don't know what they're going through. I, I think just a clear lack of guidance <laughs> in there. It, it could be like when narcissists get depressed and their disassociations and their daydreams just become about how fucking awesome they are <laughs> when their reality isn't so awesome. Yeah, I probably told this. It was like that guy was like the, the, the mentors. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, he's Michael Scott. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, Honestly, it, it's like misguided people. Perhaps they need a hobby. But honestly, like if you want a story to tell, if you need an experience, like ask some cops, you know, to give you a ride, you know, <laughs> take a ride with them, shadow them or something. Like there are ways to experience shit. Try something you've never done before. Let yourself get fucked up. And yeah. you got to and have the courage and the confidence to be like, talk about how much you fucked up. And you know what? That's a great story. We have so many stories about how much we fucked up and they're hilarious. Because you own it. There's some people too who don't go through these crazy experiences and they still tell great stories. Mm -hmm. Like Steve Green cracks cracks me up because Steve Green told, I remember one time there was this episode of JK News where we were talking about, oh, we used to get our ass beat as kids. And he was like, dude, man, for when I was a kid, my mom used to say, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> she used to come in and ask me how yeah. I'm doing. Like, it was fucking tough out here. But you know, there's ways to be interesting without you having the trauma bond. It's the level of self-awareness mm -hmm. and discernment over your own life. Yeah, you know, just be fucking real. You don't have to lie to kick it. It's yeah. like you're already hanging out with them. It's like why do you have to keep trying to impress us more? You know, it it could be the idea of like they see you on a pedestal. They need to get on your level, and they're trying to prove themselves to you. Typically, because like I've experienced it too. Like in childhood, they're they're told that they're useless, that they're not enough, and that they're they're worthless, and they'll never amount to anything. But it's like you can prove your parents wrong, but like don't. Don't project that trauma onto your friends. Yeah. You know? It's like the self-awareness is really hard too because even with the, the relative that I know, I think like me looking back and seeing kind of – and his, his father actually asked him to come to the house not too long ago and apologize to him mm. because I think he started to see the negative effects that he had on him. Yeah. 
uh, as an adult. Yeah. Right? Him, you know, coming for Christmas and trying to buy all these gifts, even though he's not financially stable yet. Mm. And it's just him vying for his, like, dad's attention and approval yeah. all the time. Like, see, I'm not dumb. Yeah. See, I am better. Because he was a pretty big fuck-up. And he was, like, a fuck-up in the sense of he would find trouble that didn't have to necessarily be. He would look for trouble all the time. Like, he moved into a nicer area. Like, the whole area is, like, full of rich white people. And then... All of a sudden, he's like finding him. So he goes, oh, I will hang out with this motherfucker. I was like, did you drive that far to hang out with these guys? Jeez. Like, how did you even meet these people? Like, yeah. that's, they're my neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm avoiding these human I beings. I mentioned that earlier. Like, a commuting gangster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a gangster with a commute. Yeah. <laughs> I got a 45-minute commute to gangbang, yeah. homie. I represent this set. It just takes a while to get there. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was a very odd thing. And like watching his dad apologize, I think like, uh, allowed for him to start like that healing process a little bit, which got him up to a certain yeah. point. And then I remember I was talking to my mom about him and she goes, you know, with him, like, I was like, oh, he's doing super well. I'm like, uh, yeah, he's doing better. Mm -hmm. You know, I told him like, your guys' perception of him is very interesting because you still look at him as that little baby. Mm. You know, he's that little kid. And for me, I see him as an equal. Yeah. As, as my equal. So when I see him fuck up and I see him do the things that he does and say the things that he says, it's not it's not for me of like, oh, look at this poor child. I'm like, no, yeah. this guy is trying to fuck up my life. Yeah. You know? And he he and I used to hang out all the time. Like we used to kick it 24 fucking seven. Yeah. But as you get older and you start to realize like the the people that you were around because uh, out of like comfort or accessibility aren't necessarily the best people to be around. Yeah, I mean, it's like because his family. Exactly. Right. And then when you grow older, like you do have to realize like the level of boundaries you need to create for yourself, even with family. Yeah. And you we know? have like no, nothing in common. Yeah. We, can, we can't talk about things. We have nothing in common. So our conversations are super fucking dull right. because if I'm saying like, if he asked me like, what am I doing or what am I up to? I already know where this conversation is going to go. It's going to be like, oh, well, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Who fucking cares, dude? Yeah. I grew up around a lot of weird people too. We also had a mutual friend who um, was very, very sensitive. And guess, let me tell you something. Being sensitive in my family is not a good look. Yeah. Like, you'll get eaten up. And so this was actually a, a, a... So I understand. I tend to... We joke around really hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, not even hard as some other people I've met, but we joke around a lot, right? But this was a, a friend of mine who ended up being a pretty popular YouTuber, doesn't do YouTube anymore. Yeah. But we're both from Sacramento and then we're, we were meeting up for Thanksgiving. So our family families all got together. So a lot of like, I'm pretty sure people who immigrate, who don't have a lot of family here, a lot of like the other immigrated families, yeah. they call each other cousins and family because yeah. we don't have anybody else. Yeah, I've got, I've got a cousin family in North mm -hmm. Hollywood, right? But they're not, we're not blood related. Yeah. Exactly. So there was these three or four families that would meet up. And so he's successful on YouTube. So am I. We're meeting up and he would start his videos like this. He would go, well, hey, guys, I didn't see you there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was joking around and I'm like, hey, dude, you know, with your videos, he goes, how the fuck did you not see people? Then when you set up the camera, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, and then you're obviously just roasting. I'm roasting yeah. him, right? And I'm like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I ever seen him. And we're ro I'm roasting and people are cracking up. This fool gets up and he leaves. Damn. He leaves the house. He doesn't come back. I'm like. <sighs> What the fuck, man? And then so, you know. It's like their YouTube is their identity. Exactly. And yeah. so I was a little confused. He goes, oh, that was a little harsh. I was like, bro, that was a soft, soft law. Yeah. I just made fun of how you introed your videos. You can make fun of my videos. My videos are stupid as shit. Yeah. So I don't understand what the problem is. But then he's just very, very sensitive. Yeah, yeah. And till this day, hyper, hyper sensitive. He's one of those guys that you can't say anything like negative, negative, bad around him, or he takes it super personally, mm -hmm. which kind of sucked for him because of how we grew up. Like I remember um, like his older brother, my cousin's older brother, he once pinned me to the floor and socked my arms yeah. till they died. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're numb, like down to the bone. Exactly. And listen, I deserved it. <laughs> I was doing some asshole shit, yeah. you know, but Been a little shaky. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, man. And I, with, with, with them too, I think like social media kind of exacerbated their bad habits. Right. Right. Made them a little more sensitive, mm -hmm. made them feel a certain way when other people were successful. One of the things that a lot of social media stars have to go through right now that I've been seeing is a lot of resentment towards other people who are successful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They go, oh man, like, oh, my views are dying or, you know, I'm not popping as I used to be. Oh, these other people. But it's like, dog, listen, I've had this conversation with somebody where I said, hey, you should be grateful that you had X amount of years of success on the top, yeah. right? 
most people don't even survive that long. There yeah. are people now, like now I forgot what I was reading, which made sense. Because I, I said it on this podcast before, it's like the longevity of a social media star is like averaging two to three years now. Damn, that's I'll, like worse than NFL. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> oh, you have been able to travel the world, yeah. hang out with people. You were hooking up with a bunch of girls, blah, blah, blah. Sold out crowds. Sold out crowds for fucking like 10 years. Yeah. And you made a great living off of it. What you didn't do was do great things with your money. Mm. So you're more or less upset at yourself, not anything else. Like yeah. you don't you don't have the money and the success and the fame that you thought you were going to be because you squandered it all on no, bullshit. Bro, like you can't blame the new generation of YouTube viewers. You can't gener- like blame the algorithm. Perhaps you can, but like you know, like I think people need to have a better grasp of themselves and their identity because their identity is tied down to their success. Right? Yeah, and one of the things too that I saw for a lot of people and you know, like early YouTube musicians, right? They were very, very successful in the beginning because there was no competition. Yeah. The competition's rough now. There's mm. so many talented people out there. Yeah. And so they're finding out, oh, like, oh, your music is nostalgic, but it's not as good as these other people's, mm-hmm. which was true. Like there was a specific rapper that I really, really don't like, a YouTube rapper, and this one gets no fucking views. And back then he was popping. Yeah. And I yeah. never understood why. Like I never got it, right? And this guy lost his fucking mind. He's out there. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but he's also one of those salty motherfuckers too. Right. Where they're just out here just cursing the name of other people who are successful. But I was like, listen, dude, if you did what you did back then now, it's, it still wouldn't pop off. Mm-hmm. Right? You got very, very fucking lucky. Yeah. Well, people got smarter and a little bit wiser. Right? Yeah. Even – and that's just content now. People – it, people's tastes change all the time. I think I'm very fortunate because I've had like the same fans since ever. Yeah. You know? And they've been fucking with me for a very long time. Like, of course, like, you know, 30,000 views per video isn't like the 200,000 to 400,000 I used to get back in the day. Yeah. But the content's different and time has changed. Yeah. So, like, I think if you're on social media, one thing that you guys do have to realize is that you have to evolve. Because think about this too. Like, do you like your TV shows every season being the same? <laughs> something new happens yeah. something changes people have kids um, people grow up look at the friends dynamic yeah. Ross is together with with, with uh, fucking uh, Rachel they yeah. break up Rachel finds somebody else Monica ends up with Chandler if everything stayed the same you wouldn't fucking tune in and people also want to script their lives on social media too mm-hmm. though right so when you talk about evolving and changing they're like oh that means in my social media life you'll see me have a girlfriend you'll see me get engaged you'll see me get married you'll see me have a kid it's like as if, you know, that's just the typical way social media is supposed to go. Bro, sometimes I see people, I'm like, did you just have a kid because your views are dying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's like, oh, your family channel's not doing well. Did you pop out another kid oh, because you no. need more views? Oh, no. That's a little weird, yeah. you know? And you could kind of sense it, too. It's like, mm, this seems very odd. I need to have a kid to save this channel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not my marriage. Obviously. Bro, man, there's certain people that I see like online. Like I don't know these guys personally, but it's just like, damn, you talk about exploiting your fucking kids. This yeah. is an exploitation of your fucking children. Yeah. Where they're now addicted to being online and social media people. They're begging to be in front of the camera. Like you're creating a fucking monster. Man, I feel like we're going to see a new type of child star, right? The, the social media star, mm-hmm. you know, that they grow up under some fucking... And then you just see them grow up on social media too and it just becomes like trash material. Like it's like it's a weird thing with our society where it's as if we sacrifice our celebrities. We see their come up and then now we must sacrifice them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we yeah. must see them come down. So we must lift up the new and improved celebrities. Well, that's why that whole – when we're talking about the whole Chinese like social ranking thing. Yeah. It's such a shitty idea because – of what people are already doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we already have technically a social ranking thing and that's called Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook and Twitter, yeah. right? Because everybody puts up their their best foot forward and you never get to see what they actually yeah. are. That whole social ranking thing, if you bring it to the States, it's just gonna cause people to be more dishonest and fake. Do the consequences yeah. of losing points and your score being low, like you can't get a loan like you can't get a I don't job know get a job yeah like they like, basically like where they place you in jobs because of your social ranking system because you have to pretend to be something that you're not mm. and i know some people might think well, well wouldn't it cause people to be better people if you're a piece of shit you're a piece of shit yeah right it's going to take more than a ranking system to change that ask anyone that grew up in church so many fake people who put up a front about their fucking holiness yeah and their piety and their fucking 
perfect life. Yeah. When the idea of a church is supposed to be like, hey, come here because this is a hospital for the fucked up. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent. Except people love showing up to the hospital perfectly cured and like, okay. And be like, no, I need to be here. You I, know? And I never care about, I wouldn't say never, but I definitely care less about what somebody pretends to be in the front, right? Mm -hmm. I'd rather have somebody be honest. Like if the ranking system allows people to be a little more honest and then they have to deal with consequences that way, yeah. it makes more sense for me, right? Because I don't like people who pretend to be nice. Yeah. I'd rather have somebody be a piece of shit and I know who you are so I can navigate around you yeah. accordingly. It's a million times worse to be fucking deceived by a two-faced motherfucker. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. And so like that's what that ranking system will do. And you'll see that in that Black Mirror episode yeah. where she's trying so hard to create this image of yeah. what a perfect human being is. Her real self doesn't come out. What she cares about, what she feels until the end of the episode. Holy shit. That means everybody that walks out of their door in China has to put up a fucking mask. Good Every morning. single person. That's... Mm -hmm too much dude you you want to talk about a mental health crisis yeah like for you not to f express how you feel to to say what you want um obviously within like a modicum of respect yeah but because you're so scared of you you not being able to make a living and to to be a part of society dog i would lose my mind mm -hmm. my rank right now for sure would be a zero point something damn well do you know how to get points mm -mm. i guess like if you help the elderly and treat them right. <laughs> so it's right. It's just like seeing those elders at church that just like, oh, mm -hmm. and then they just like are super nice to you and some fucking bullshit. But they really don't give a fuck. It creates a fake society. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to live like that, dude. It's already fake enough as it is. Yeah, It's already so difficult navigating this world right now, specifically because of Instagram and everything else where mm. um, I know a lot of young people who kind of, they, I think their life is, is shit because they look at what other people have. Right. It's like, your life is fine, man. Yeah. Like your life is perfectly fine. And all those people out there that put, put up like the best post, dude, I wish, let me tell you, you guys make me a fucking millionaire, watch. It's, I'm gonna fucking call everybody out. Yeah. It's like, oh really? You're a happy little family? Um, how about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're, they're trying to sell products. Mm. You know, which I don't really agree with. Mm. Like I like this I just don't think it's a the end goal isn't great, right? Yeah. And like some of the most miserable miserable people I know show some of the best posts ever. Yeah. Here with my family. It's like that's so fucking funny. I think I thought I saw you sock your yeah. fucking you know, <laughs> husband in the mouth the other day. Damn. Like, like, oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah. But again, I ain't no snitch. And plus everybody gets their just desserts at the end. And it's happened already. So yeah. It's what it is. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh, you can catch Ed at Ed Park VP, and then uh, Bible Study at Momos is his podcast where you can go in and check that out. Uh, leave in the comments below of any other subjects you want to talk about, and then we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Genius Brain listeners, this podcast is brought to you by Hero Bread. Listen, I've talked about Hero Bread a million times over, and I'm telling you right now, they have some of the best guilt-free bread I've ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that. I'm talking about taste and texture-wise. You just can't beat it. Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and is high in fiber. And guess what? Now it's made with heart-healthy olive oil for an added boost of healthy fats as well. I'm telling you right now, I made a BLT with this, and it was freaking delicious. If I, if I eat bread, this is the bread that I'm eating. You guys have to get this. I'm not just saying it. it's so freaking good you could do whatever you want with this type of stuff. i mean they even have burger breads right so if you want to make a, a fire ass burger they got like tortillas too for their if you if you eat breakfast burritos as much as i do dude money it's so freaking good it's hard to say which one of my favorite stuff is just because like if i'm gonna make a wrap or i'm gonna do any type of sandwich of any sort i'm gonna use hero bread because i get to eat without all the guilt and it's literally my favorite so genius brain listeners, do not miss out on this. Make sure you get Hero Bread. You will not regret it. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order for their new recipe. Go to Hero 
dot co and use code genius 10 at checkout that's g-e-n-i-u-s one zero at hero dot co angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.